So our series is on Jesus answering big questions. So the big question today. Am I a true worshipper? It's a tough question. Today we want to look at true worship and understand that true worship is an inside job. True worship is an inside activity. True worship is all about kneeling. True worship is all about hiding. And true worship is all about trusting, which are all inward activities. Jesus so wants us to be true worshippers so we can be closer to him. Jesus says to you and to me today, he says, I so want you to kneel with your heart before you kneel with your knee. Jesus says to us today, I so don't want you to hide from me. I want you to hide in me. And as true worshippers, Jesus says to us today, trust that I will never leave you thirsty. He wants us to kneel, he wants us to hide, and he wants us to trust. That's today's sermon. It's all about kneeling, it's all about hiding, and it's all about trusting him. It's three essential elements of true worship. There's a singer, I'm not sure whether you listen to her songs, her name is Kari Job, and she has this beautiful song called Find You On My Knees. And here's some of the lyrics of that song. She says, You lift me up, you'll never leave me thirsty. When I am weak, when I am lost and searching, I'll find you on my knees. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful idea that we will find him. But is this song actually true? Are we singing along to these words? Is that really the truth? Let's find out. And the only way we can find out is to go to God's word to see if God's word says we will find him. God's word said, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So he says to us, we can call on him. But interestingly, it's almost too obvious we sometimes miss it. Who are we actually calling on? We're calling on God Almighty. We're not calling on his friend in terms of somebody that knows a bit about God or someone that's heard of God or someone that talks about God. He says, no, 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 no. I want you to come directly to me. When you've got a problem, come to me. And God is spirit. So he's saying, enter into a relationship and a conversation with me, with your spirit, with your heart, with your mind. I want this to be an inward connection with you. I'm spirit. I made a way for you to connect with me, with your spirit, so you can get real close. Because yes, he's a holy God, but we're covered with Jesus' righteousness. So we can get oh so close to God. So he says, come to me real close in your spirit because I am spirit. And then he says, if you want to get near to me, if you want to find me, not only do you need to interact with me in your spirit, he said it needs to be in truth because he is a God of truth. And the truth is a scary, scary place without grace. 
But our God Almighty is a God of truth and grace. So we can come to him and we can find him and we don't have to be scared about coming to him in truth because he says, I am a God with truth and grace. But don't dodge the truth because if you dodge the truth, you can't find me. You can't get near to me. There will be a gap. So she has beautiful words in this song and we will find him. His word tells us if we call on him, if we enter into an inward activity of looking for him and finding him and seeking him with our mind and our heart. And if we enter in saying, I can come in the truth because you cover me with your grace now. I don't have to dodge the truth. Yes, we will find him. He wants us to find him. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. So the truth is a scary, scary place and can be a very uncomfortable conversation with Jesus. I'm sure we're all the same. That sometimes when we connect with Jesus, when we call him, when we want to find him, he sometimes starts a conversation with us which is a little bit uncomfortable when he wants to talk about a truth in our life. And if you're like me, sometimes I don't particularly want to talk to Jesus about the truth in my life because it's not so pretty. You may not see all of the ugliest, ugly stuff in me. He sees it all in me and he sees it all in you and he still loves us to bits. So when he talks to us, sometimes it's beautiful and we float in the air and it's gorgeous. And sometimes he says, now this time it may be a little bit uncomfortable. And he says, don't hide, don't hide from me. You don't need to hide from me. Come and hide in me. Stay with me when we have this uncomfortable conversation because the discomfort is actually a place where he is very comfortable because if we hang with him and let him lead us through that conversation of discomfort, he'll take us to a place of great comfort if we stay. But there's always a temptation to hide from that discomfort. And you know what? As kids, kids are great at hiding. And I'm quite sure that when you were a kid and when I was a kid, we all played one of our favourite games, which is hide and seek. It's a great game. It's fun. It makes us laugh. And you know what? Kids are the funniest things. And you know one of the reasons they make us laugh is because The way a child thinks is different to the way an adult thinks. And one of the things that kids don't get for a while is the fact that when they play hide and seek, they don't actually think about what their hiding place looked like to the other person. They see things from their point of view, but they have a bit of a hard time thinking about what it might look from the other person's point of view who's looking for them. Let me give you some examples. I can't see you, so obviously you can't see me. (laughs) This little guy was really trying hard. Just one little problem. Do you see those little feet hanging out there? Oh, so cute. You know, it's so gorgeous. What's going through that child's mind? You can't see me behind this post. My eyes are covered. He's not thinking what it looks like from the other side, this gorgeous little boy. Oh, I like this one. You know, I think the reason I like this one so much is that 
this is how I feel sometimes when Jesus comes to me and said, Liz, I want to have a little bit of a conversation with you. We need to discuss this thing that you dodged last time I brought it up with you. I think, I really don't want to. Can I put the cover over me? But, you know, Paul says to us, he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And then he says, but now that I'm a man, now that I'm an adult, I put those childish ways behind me. Jesus says, you don't have to hide. There's a much better option. And I want you to grow up into me. There's another response as adults that he's looking for from us. So how do we hide as adults? We physically probably don't put a cushion over us when Jesus starts to talk to us about something that's a bit icky. So how do we do it? Well, I'm wondering when he brings these things up, like if he says, look, I just want to have a little chat to you. I think we need to discuss this jealousy problem or I think we need to discuss this anger problem or I think we need to discuss this envy problem or I think we need to discuss this anxiety problem or I think we need to discuss this sexual immorality problem or I think we need to discuss the fact that you're hiding from me in the movies or you're hiding from me with all of that fun that you're having on those internet games. No, I think the way we hide is sometimes I think we say, right, but Jesus, did you notice all the great things I've been doing this week? Did you notice this that I did and this and this? And we hide behind our good works, hoping that the sin of our life doesn't poke out under the cushion. You see, sometimes I think we're still thinking like a child and we're reasoning like a child and we don't realize that God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. Every single time we think the wrong thought, we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing, he is actually there with us. He sees it all. So if we think we can hide... We need to put that childish way behind us and recognize that we don't have to change the conversation and talk about all the good stuff that we're doing with Jesus. How else do we hide? Well, if this is uncomfortable, maybe we just need to find a better place that's a bit more comfortable. Food can be oh so comfortable. Alcohol can be oh so comfortable. Drugs can be oh so comfortable. Maybe going out with our friends. Hey, they're Christian and they're all going out. It must be okay, God. I'm out of here. I mean, all these sources of comfort, all these ideas will come into our mind as soon as he brings up this uncomfortable topic. So changing the topic is actually, I think, a bit of a favourite for a lot of us. But stop and think. Here we are, hiding in the kitchen cupboard with our little feet dangling out. And God sees our feet dangling out. How must that feel from God's point of view? What is that like? So why do we do it? Because I think we all do it. He's a loving God. So if he's a loving God, why on earth are we hiding from him? The reason we hide from him is because we don't know him so well. The reason we hide from him is we agree he's a loving God, but we really don't know what that actually means for him to be a loving God. You see, we know he's a holy God. 
He is totally blemish-free, perfect, pure integrity. We get that. And we think, I don't know if I want to get too close to such a perfect, holy, spotless God who has the power to zap me in an instant. That's kind of scary if we see God only as a holy God. So maybe we think I'm only going to hit condemnation and punishment if I go to God and continue this conversation. Or maybe we think the opposite. Maybe we think, no, 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 that's kind of Old Testament God. We're now New Testament God, full of grace and mercy. So it doesn't really matter anyway. I don't need to have this conversation with God because it's all cool because he's a big marshmallow. So we think, I don't really need to continue this conversation because it's all cool with him anyway. So we hide or we dodge if we think he's only holy or we think he's only grace. But he is a good God, he's a holy God, and he's a God full of mercy and grace. That's why we can come to him. He wants us to come to him with the uncomfortable stuff, which is the sin stuff. And he said, and I'm a God of grace. He won't turn his back on you. He's not the one that hides from us. We hide from him. The first two people that sinned, Adam and Eve, we must remember they hid from God. God didn't hide from them. Nothing's changed. Sin makes us want to hide. We don't like it. We're uncomfortable with it. But if we come back and remember that God is a good God, he's a holy God, and he does good things called mercy and grace, then we can come to God and say, yes, you want me to sort this sin, and yes, you extend grace to me. So I don't need to run from you. I don't need to go elsewhere, and I don't need to change the conversation. Like the woman at the well, we've all tried to hide by changing the topic of conversation. So do you remember the topic of conversation initially is when Jesus says, can you get me a drink of water? And then the conversation gets a bit icky when he says, well, actually, now that you've got me a drink of water, I'd like you to get something else. I'd like you to go and get your husband. And this is how it kind of went. Jesus says, go, call your husband and come back. I think the woman would have paused. Because Jesus very gently, which is how he normally starts the conversation with us, if it's the first time he comes to us, he's saying, come and chat to me. I want to talk to you about this sexual immorality problem. The woman doesn't hide. Notice the woman's response to the gentle nudge from Jesus. She says, I have no husband. She's agreeing with the truth. She's interacting with Jesus. She's coming straight to him. She doesn't run away. And she comes to him with the truth. I have no husband. Notice Jesus' immediate response when she comes to him with this uncomfortable truth. He says, you are right when you say you have no husband. But he doesn't actually say, that's it. He goes the whole hog. He says, the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. But then he reaffirms her with the truth. He says, what you have said, just said is quite true. The woman's response tells us 
he is telling her the truth. Why else would she say, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet? He couldn't have known those truths about her. They've only just started the conversation five minutes earlier. So she stays with the truth. But, you know, having one husband is one thing to actually agree with. Now he's saying, but actually it's five. So the sin problem and the uncomfortableness and the truth is getting a whole lot more uncomfortable now. What does the woman do next? She says, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Can we talk about something else now? Can we get off that topic I don't want to talk about this inward stuff, this thing that's uncomfortable. Can we go out now and talk about worship in terms of an external activity? Can we talk about the religious rituals? Can we talk about a religious controversy? Anything to get away from this awkward, uncomfortable conscience thing that's going on inside of me because it's not very nice. She changes the topic to an outward activity, which is a whole lot more comfortable than this inward, uncomfortable truth. But you see, Jesus says true worship is about kneeling your heart before you kneel your knee. He's not impressed when we kneel with our knees without kneeling with our heart. He's not impressed when the conversation goes to the external worship. He's interested in the internal worship. So did this throw Jesus? Did he get phased? No, we know he didn't get phased. We know that it didn't rattle him because Jesus is Jesus and he can do anything to bring the conversation back to where it needs to be. And he does the same with us if we listen to him. So now I just want you to watch. I've got a short clip to look at this interaction between the woman at the well and Jesus. Watch very carefully at how she skips and dances And watch Jesus the master. He loves this woman so much that he keeps bringing it back to the truth. She leaves the water jar behind. It's significant, isn't it? She came to the well thinking, my problem and my need is for physical water. That's my big issue today. So I'll bring my water jar to get some physical water because that's my focus, that's my big problem. But she leaves without the water jar. She leaves with a fundamental change in her understanding of her need and her problem. Her need is not a physical thirst. Her real need, her deep need, is a deep spiritual thirst that can never, ever be met from an external source, from any other source in this world. It doesn't matter where you go to try and fill the hole, to try and fill the problems, to try and fill the hurt, to try and fill the heartache that you feel. Don't go anywhere else but to the only source of living water because he will solve every problem for you. He will fill you with a living water that is going to help you through every problem, every heartache, every pain. But he can't if you dodge him. He can't if you don't enter into true worship in spirit and in truth. Verse 
He will try. He will, he will come back to you again and again. And he will not let it go because he loves you so much. He didn't die on the cross so we could dodge him. He died on the cross so we could interact with him together, close, intimately. No distance, no hiding. He keeps bringing the same topic up again and again and again until we deal with it. He loves you. He loves me so much. You can see how much he loves this woman at the well. He doesn't let it go. He says, don't turn this conversation into a religious ritual about the external worship. Come back and I'll talk to you about not your external worship need, but your internal worship need for me in living water. She got it because she left the water jar behind. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. You go to any other source, you're going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. That word that he used, the Greek word that Jesus used for thirst, listen to what it means so we can understand what it feels like to really thirst for his water. It's those who painfully feel their want of and those things by which they eagerly long for is refreshment, support and strength. When did you this week feel like refreshment, support and strength? That's a spiritual thirst for Jesus. You see, when we don't go to Jesus as the source to quench our thirst, we're not felt, we don't feel refreshed or supported or strengthened. We feel the opposite of those things. We feel depressed, discouraged and hurt when we're not refreshed. We feel shaky and unsettled when we're not supported. We feel demoralized, disheartened and weak when we're not strengthened. He says, when you're thirsty, I'm reminding you that you need me. Come to me. And he says, drink. I mean, he can come to us and he can offer us the living water, which is his spirit, his Holy Spirit, the preciousness of his spirit. But we have to drink his spirit. We have to receive his spirit. That word drink is receive. If we don't receive his spirit, if we hide, if we change the topic of conversation, we can't expect to quench our thirst. It's such a beautiful promise. He will never let us thirst. There's no situation that you're facing today that you find yourself in today bothers Jesus that's too big for Jesus he says come to me no matter what the problem is no matter how ugly it looks no matter how long you've been wrangling with it no matter how discouraged you feel come to me I won't leave you thirsty because true worshipers they trust Jesus promise that he will never leave us thirsty Jesus says to the woman, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. 
Our problem is that we go to the external activities, the external rituals, the doing and saying stuff that's not engaging with his spirit and truth when we don't know him. When we don't know his love is so powerful and so strong and so real and so present with us, regardless how we're feeling, he is with you. And his love will overcome every attack of the enemy. If you drink of him, receive him, engage with him, he's with you. Don't doubt that for a moment. The devil wants you to think he's not there. I don't feel him. He's not being nice to me. He's not talking to me. He's hiding from me. He doesn't hide from us. Adam and Eve hid from him. We do the same. That's the nature of sin. It's shameful to sin. I feel sick when I sin. You feel sick when you sin. It's horrid. But celebrate being uncomfortable. Celebrate feeling uncomfortable and sick because he is doing a work in you. He wants to get close to you again. He's saying, don't ignore me. If you ignore me, it's like cholesterol in our heart is like a physical disease. And if we eat the wrong stuff and if we don't exercise, all that cholesterol chokes our heart and it kills our physical heart. Do you know, guilt is exactly the same. Every time we act jealously, every time we act in a rage, every time we lose our patience, every time we want to somehow get somebody back with revenge, every act of sin is adding one more little dose of guilt around our spiritual heart. We can't deal with it on our own. That uncomfortable feeling is a blessing to say your cholesterol is building up. But the spiritual cholesterol is called guilt. And he says, come to me. I really, really have the answer for you. And it's not external stuff. It's internal stuff. You've got to get up close and personal with me, Jesus says. I can fix it. I've got the solution for you. Don't hide from me. I'm here because I love you. I'm not here to condemn you, Jesus says. If you feel condemned, that's not coming from him. It's from somebody else who doesn't love you who actually has another end goal and point in time. We've got to know him. We've got to spend time with him and listen for him and seek him. If we know him, we'll come to him. We won't want to hide. So the question is, am I a true worshipper? Jesus says to us today, true worship is kneeling with your heart before you kneel with your knee. Jesus says, a true worshipper hides in me, not from me. Jesus says, a true worshipper will trust that I'll never leave you thirsty. I just want to have a quick look at David in Psalm 32 because I think David's answer to this question was no. And then David's answer to this question was yes. So I think for us, sometimes the answer is no. So let's look at David and say, okay, sometimes my answer may be no, just like David. But it changed to a yes. So we can change it to a yes if we do what David did. So what did he do? Initially, some pretty big sin stuff. Committed adultery with Bathsheba, 
and then murdered her husband, Uriah. Big stuff, very uncomfortable topics. You know, Jesus would be coming to David saying, I need to chat to you about this uncomfortable truth. Ooh, they're big ones. They're really big ones. So it tells us even the really big sins Jesus can deal with. This is big stuff here. If he can do it with this, with David, he can do it with us. So what happened to change his answer? What can we do? Psalm 32 was written by David after he committed these sins. We get an idea of this discomfort. David says to us, when I kept silent, right there is the problem. I said, I don't want to talk to you about this, Jesus. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm keeping silent. Nope, this is not a topic that I'm willing to engage in. Let's talk about something else. But look what happened when David kept silent. He says, my bones wasted away. He's in physical pain now, physical discomfort. He says, through my groaning all day long, he knows what it's like to really yearn for refreshment and strengthening and support. He's got a spiritual thirst, this man, when he keeps silent. And he goes on, for day and night your hand was heavy on me. You know, we, we don't like it. I don't like it when I, Jesus talks to me, I ignore him, I don't want to talk about it. He ups the ante. It feels heavier now. Because he loves us so much, he, he will go harder after us. Not because he hates us, but because he loves us. He disciplines those he loves. If he didn't care, he'd go, you don't want to talk about it, I don't care. He doesn't say that. He says, you don't want to talk about it, I'll up the ante. This is important that you talk to me about it. I love you so much. You've got to talk to me about this to be in a safe place with me. There's no other safe place. Don't go to those other places to get comfort. You'll just get thirsty again. So this happens to us. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. We're really thirsty now. We've really got no strength. We really need support. He will up the ante to let you know, come, come, come. I'm the answer for you. But then David changed his response. The very next verse, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my inequity. He didn't hide anymore. I said, I will confess. And in the Greek and the New Testament confesses, I'll agree with God. He saw it all. He heard it all. I'm just agreeing with God. You already know the truth. You are the truth. Even though I don't like the truth, I'm just agreeing with you, God. I'm going to confess. Agree with you, God. Humble my heart. Kneel my heart means I'll agree with you, God, even if I don't like it very much. He said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. He didn't leave David thirsty. And immediately David says, therefore, let 
all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. There's a time limit here. David wants to say straight away, look, this changed for me. I wasn't a true worshipper. I am a true worshipper. But there's a time limitation here where this window is open, where we can come to him. He immediately is thinking, oh, oh, living water. Let all the faithful pray to you while they may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. Everyone else needs to do this too. I'm not the only one with a sin problem. He says, you are my hiding place. You see, he's a true worshipper because he doesn't hide from God. He hides in God now because he's going inward. He's not killing a calf and putting it on the altar. He's in Old Testament times, remember. He's going inward. I mean, Jesus so gently came to David, remember, through the Nathan, the prophet, told him the story, a parable, very gentle. He gently approaches us. Don't miss the gentle one, because if you miss the gentle one, then he ups the ante. And don't miss the bigger one. Because there's a time limit here. He's saying to you, while he may be found, while his arm is outstretched to you. It's great if you're feeling uncomfortable. Seriously great. (laughs) He's letting you know. I'm here with you. I'm talking to you. I'm extending myself to you. I want to talk to you about this. But I'm not coming just as a holy God. I'm coming as a gracious God with mercy. I'm coming to give you living water. So you're not thirsty anymore. Proverbs says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. Prosper means you won't be successful. You won't move on. You won't grow up from being a child to an adult to grow up into Jesus. We don't prosper if we keep covering. But the one who confesses, who agrees with God and renounces them, this is the repentance idea, turn. They find mercy. They don't find condemnation. They don't find attack. They don't find a God who ignores them. They find mercy. Jesus says to you today, I really want you to be a true worshipper. I want you to kneel your heart before you kneel with your knees. I really want you to to come to me and hide in me instead of hiding from me. Jesus says to you today, I will never leave you thirsty. I won't leave you to hang out to dry. I won't turn my back on you. I won't ignore you. I am here full of grace and mercy. Just come towards me. The Lord is near to all who call on him, for all that call on him in truth. He is oh so near to us. So right now we have an opportunity just to take a few minutes, two to three minutes, to stop, to settle everything that's going on, to focus on him, And to say, I really, really want to kneel before you, Jesus. I want to agree with you, Jesus. I want to come to you, Jesus, and I want to hide in you, Jesus. I want to be still with you, Jesus, because you are so beautiful up close and personal.
help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. So I want you to just sit quietly. You can bow your heads. You can close your eyes. It's up to you. But I just want to take a few minutes for each one of us to follow what he's calling us to do. And that's connect with him. To look for him, to seek him, to call on him inwardly through your spirit. Connect with his spirit. You'll find him no matter what situation you've come from this week or what you're facing next week. He can help you.
Jesus says to us today, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. I want you to just close your eyes and drink that beautiful promise in. Jesus, we just want to say thank you. You do so much for us. You did so much for us on the cross to allow us to enter into the presence of you. So beautiful, so holy, so perfect, so high and lifted up. Lord Jesus, remind us the extent you went to, the price you paid so that we could enter into your presence. How important it is to you for us to enter into your presence because you don't want a gap. You don't want there to be any gap between you and your beautiful children, Lord Jesus. We don't want any gap either, but we keep hiding from you. We keep stepping back. We're the ones that hide from you, Lord Jesus. We say, please forgive us, Lord, for stepping away from you. Help us to step towards you, Lord. When everything in us is screaming to run away from you, Lord, help us to remember that you love us so much. You give everything up on that cross so that we could talk to you and you could talk to us and we could engage with you and you could engage with us what a privilege what an honor lord to come so near to you that you would even give yourself living water for us to drink so that we could be even closer that we would be one with you lord lord we want to exalt you and your name so high lord in this world that has nothing to offer us lord that would solve our problems that would meet our needs that would quench our thirst help us to keep coming to you lord jesus i pray lord jesus that today you would change our hearts so that we would so desire to be true worshipers lord we don't want to worship in vain we don't want to just worship externally lord you know our hearts you see our hearts you see the core of us lord you see every thought every intention every feeling Lord Jesus, help us to come to you, to confess to you, Lord Jesus, to bow our knee before you on the inside, to worship you in spirit and truth, Lord. Help us to overcome every attack of the enemy that tells us that you won't quench our thirst, that you will turn your back on us, Lord Jesus, in the name of your mighty name, Lord Jesus, in the power of your name, overcome every attack of the enemy that wants us to hide. Remind us it's not safe when we hide. Lord, help us to come towards you while you may be found. There's an urgency today. We know that that offer is here today, but we don't know if it's there tomorrow, Lord. Help us to remember the urgency in our own lives and as we pray for others. 
that are hiding from you, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. We just forget sometimes how much you love us first. We pray in your holy and merciful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.